0: the Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Track. I'm here with a special guest, the emotions doctor, Dr. Ed Dabby. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Melissa. I'm glad to be here.
0: Now, you do. You're an author, but obviously you all should have a PhD in what is it?
1: It's in psychology.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So your books are out. And they're all about your emotions. It's getting in touch with your emotions in a sense.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: So what came first, being a psychiatrist or being an author?
1: Well, I was a, psychology, a psychologist first. Let me kind of run through for you, if you like, how I got to be the emotions doctor. It's a kind of mm-hmm. an interesting story. Please do. In in my family of origin, emotions were not dealt with very well. Now, there was no abuse. It's just emotions weren't dealt with. So in defense, I went into my head. I became cognitive. So I dealt with emotions by thinking. And that worked. It got me through high school. It got me through college. And it got me through graduate school. Once I was out of graduate school and I was doing my internship, I went to a it was a it's called Henry Olaf House in San Francisco. And it's an alcoholic treatment program. And I never had a problem with drugs or alcohol, but I went to my neighbor at the time and I said, can I be, can I join the group? And he said, no. And I said, well, why not? He said, well, he said, you can't join the group, but you can sit, but you can be a participant observer. I said, piece of cake. I'm a psychologist graduate. I wouldn't have any problem. Mm-hmm. It took these folks six months, Melissa, and they labeled me a, a non-drinking alcoholic. And they said that because while they dealt with their emotions by drinking and pushing the emotions down, I went into my head. That was my first introduction to the fact that I needed to deal with some issues. I then took a job working with the California Youth Authority. And I was working with young women, young incarcerated women who had histories of multiple abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, the whole range. And I found that my language was up here and theirs was down here. So I developed the emotions as tools model to explain to them what emotions were, why they had them, and how they could learn to deal with them. I used the same model with the correctional staff who were jaded about emotions because they saw emotions as messy and didn't want to have anything to do with them. Once I retired about 15 years ago, I took a look at what I was going to do. Didn't want to do private practice, but I thought, okay, Is there a need for the information that I have? And I found that there were, or there was, excuse me. I found that many people, most, did not understand what emotions were. That was part of it. And then I went on to LinkedIn. I went on to a women's forum, professional women's forum. And I identified myself as a male. And I said, look, I've just got one question. What happens to you as a woman when you experience, when you express emotions? Over 2,000 responses later, the implication was, or the answer was, as a woman, I can't express emotion because when I do, I get demeaned, I get put down, and I I get marginalized. So I wrote my first book, which was Emotions as Tools, which Mm -hmm. explained the model. And I wrote my second book, which is Beyond Anger Management, in order to address anger and the misconceptions about anger. And I needed to have a label, so I called myself the Emotions Doctor, which every time I think about it, given where I came from, I have to laugh, but that that's who I am now.
0: But that is the excellent point of where you came from and why you do what you do. Exactly. I mean, as a woman, I can tell you, if I'm working, you do not have emotions. You cannot show them because it's a sign of weakness. And this is what we're brought up to be told.
1: Yes. But there is an answer to that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the answer to that is you need to learn to use your emotions as tools and strategically apply them and this is how this works why you can't express emotion that's a display rule by the way melissa
0: mm-hmm.
1: and where the confusion comes in is women say well if i can't display it i can't experience it and that's a mistake here's how it works once you recognize that you're angry and the message of anger, by the way, is that you perceive a threat. Your ang- you are- We're living in caves. Our anger enabled us to respond very quickly and automatically to a threat. All, th- all threats back then were survival. Now they're psychological threats. So you as a woman may experience a threat to your goals, to your ability to express yourself, to your ability to achieve in, in your work setting. Lost you.
0: I'm, I'm here.
1: Okay, whatever it happens to be. So what you can do is you can take your emotion of anger and you can say, look, I'm angry and I've got a very good reason to be angry. Mm-hmm. So now then I'm not gonna display my anger because I can't, because there are too many uh, problems that'll come up, but you can use the energy of your anger to get rid of the threat. And you can do that more subtly. Mm-hmm. You can use it to generate the energy to maybe find out what you have to do in order to get around the person that's obstructing you. You can use your anger to say, what do I need to do to change the situation? You can use your anger as a source of energy to do a whole bunch of things. You just can't directly or outwardly express your anger. That is strategically applying your anger as a tool.
0: And we have been doing this for years. Is it called the mom look? Absolutely. I mean, any mom who has a child knows the mom look. And it usually works because you can't say what you want to say in your head. Yes. You do a look and it usually takes the whatever, the negative, whatever's in front of us and makes us stop.
1: Yes. But you can't use the mom look on your boss. No, you can't. <laughs> but what you can do is this, because what I'm looking at now is, is writing on my blog, which is the emotions, I'm rock, writing about a basic rule of behavior and that, basic rule says that everybody in every situation does the best they can, not the best possible, the best they can, given their model of the world and their skill sets. Mm-hmm. So if you understand that and you have a boss, you can look at one, his model of the world. How is he looking at you? Obviously, he's obstructing your progress. But is that based on his model? Does he misperceive you as a a possible threat? Does he not know how to interact with you as a woman? What's going on with his model? Or is his model correct? He knows what's going on. He knows he's the boss. He knows you're a subordinate. But because he doesn't have the skill sets to interact with you as a woman, he, he tries to minimize you. So now you can educate him in terms of his skill sets on how to interact with you or you can begin to change his model so that he doesn't perceive you as a threat. It gives you options. And again, you're using your anger and the energy of your anger to bring about corrections in the setting in which you find yourself. Does that make right. sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. You don't have to get into an argument. You don't have nope. to get into a fight. How many people do we see on on YouTube and Twitter and stuff you get into yep. fights because of whatever the perception is at the moment. And, It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that way. You just have to use your body language in your words. Yep. Correctly change the model around you.
1: Yes. So, but what you don't want to do is you don't want to put your anger down. Mm -hmm. You don't want to say, well, because I'm a woman, I can't get angry. Because then what you do is you take away your power. You give that power away. So if he's angry with you, then you know the message of anger is that he perceives a threat. What is it about you that he perceives as a threat? Is it a threat to his authority? Is it a threat to his knowledge? Is it just a threat because the fact that you're a woman and he's a man, whatever it happens to be, and now you can address those issues. Mm -hmm. So
0: there's a lot of things in the workplace, just in the workplace that we have to address. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it is they see a woman, perceive it as, this person can be take over my job. So yep. then they have the inferiority because they know you have mm-hmm. a different set of skills than they do, and they don't want to lose their position. Yep. So we have to work with them. A, do we want to climb that ladder? Yeah. B, let's change the dialogue. Let's, let's work together instead of against each other.
1: You've got it. And that's the whole basis for emotions as tools, because if you understand that all emotions and that includes grief, it includes sadness, it includes anxiety, Mm -hmm. because if you're in a situation in perhaps a leadership position where you're anxious about something, you need to understand what your anxiety tells you. And the message of anxiety is there may be a threat. It's a future based emotion and that threat may hurt me. So if you understand that, now you can say, okay, what's the nature of the threat? Mm -hmm. How real is that threat? And what do I need to do in order to uh, use that that energy of anxiety? Well, what you do is you prepare. That's what my students do. I'm a university professor. My students take the energy of their anxiety and they say, I need to study in order to pass the exam. The other thing that you can do with anxiety, and there's a flip side to anxiety that most people don't understand, and that's called anticipation. Anticipation is a future-based emotion, the message of which says, wow, something good is going to happen. I'm prepared for it. I can't wait till it gets here. Mm -hmm. And so that's taking anxiety, preparing for it, and now saying, yes, that test is coming up, but I can't wait for it to get here because I'm ready. That's, again, using an emotion anticipation as a tool to help you better interact with and and manage your environment. It is.
0: I'm going to use a personal example here. It's like I'm getting ready to go on a trip to overseas. I have anxiety. I make up reasons why I'm anxious. I'm the queen of making things up in my head. (laughs) I really am of everything that could possibly go, go wrong. Does this mean the actual scenarios I'm creating in my head are actually positive or actually plausible? Yep. Or is it just me trying to find a way to get out of the trip? Once you get through the anxiety, then mm-hmm. you have the anticipation because now I'm excited to go.
1: Yes, Exactly. And what can happen, though, which didn't happen to you, fortunately, is you can use, that anxiety can take over and you can say, have I done everything? Well, no, I haven't done everything. And now the anxiety becomes stress because you can't you've done everything you can, but you can't prepare for everything. Mm-hmm. Now, you didn't go there. You stopped short of that, which is excellent. You used your anxiety as what's called stress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. In order to enable you to prepare. You did not go into what's called distress, D-I-S, S T R E S S, which is where you can't move. And that's what often happens to people. They get anxious and they go into distress. And then it's, oh my God, what am I going to do? And they get stuck. You used it as you stress, which is exactly how you should do it.
0: Well, I have a lot of experience with motivational coaching, so I don't want to get distressed. Exactly. I know. I know the tools I need to mm-hmm. make sure I don't get to that point. At the same time, mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out to my peers, my friends, my family to talk me out of it because what is it up, what is actually preparing me and what can actually go wrong? Once and, those, yep. those areas are taken care of, then I know, okay, now I'm excited because now I know I've done my part to move ahead.
1: And that is mastering your emotions as strategic tools. That's exactly what I write about. That's what I teach other people to do.
0: See, I I know what you do. (laughs) I just don't have the PhD in it, but you don't need it, you know, but I've worked with so many people like yourself Mm -hmm. that I know what I need to do for myself. I cannot tell other people how to do it, but. This is what your books are for. This is what you are for. This is for what your students are for.
1: That's exactly correct. And it's also why I do the blog. And, you know, I, if I've shown the books and I think it's great. And if people want to go and, and buy my books, I'm all for that. But short of that, they can go to my blog and I have over 200 entries there. And I've made it easy for people to access the information. There is an index tab in the top left-hand corner of the the Emotions as Tools homepage. And if they go to that index and click on that, it'll take them to a listing by category of all of my posts. So they can click on the category and they can go directly to the post and read whatever they want. And they can self-teach themselves exactly what we're talking about here. And if they want to buy my books, I think that's great. I'm not telling them not to. But a lot of information now is on my blog and it's for free. So start there and then go to the books.
0: Right. Start somewhere. You know, Mm -hmm. we have to start somewhere. Let's take a baby step. Or (laughs) you might be one of those people that have to go feet first and everything and buy both books and then go to the blog. All for it. All for both (laughs) scenarios. But we have to get self-accountability over our emotions.
1: Yes. But what I want to say here is most people will take what you said and take it as I need to control my emotions. And I'm not recommending that. And the reason I'm not recommending that is is the basis of why most anger management groups don't work, because they're taught to control their emotions. And you can't. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I
1: I need to put that into context. There is a part where control is appropriate, and that's where you control your initial behavior. So you experience anger, you experience whatever it has to be, anxiety, and you don't necessarily act out on it. But once you've managed your behavior by taking a a deep breath, and what a deep breath does is it gives you psychological distance between you and whatever it is you're upset about. And then you take a step back physically from the situation, which gives you physical safety. Mm -hmm. And then you go into mastering that emotion which is to assess what's going on and make a decision on how you want to respond rather than react to whatever situation you're facing. So I recommend mastering your emotion rather than controlling it because beyond controlling your reaction, it doesn't work. That emotion is going to express itself. The harder you try to control it, the more it's going to express itself.
0: Exactly. How many times do we tell our children growing up and I grew up in the 80s and 90s? You don't show your emotions. You don't say what you're doing. You don't show anything. Yep. You're basically a rob- robot in the 80s and 90s. So when you get to 2000 and you're adult or going into adult, yep. now you're facing adult in, and you're experiencing all these emotions you were told for 18 years not to express. So we have so many people going yep. to- opposite way we get mm-hmm. into drugs we get into alcohol because we don't know how to master our emotions
1: exactly and that's been my mission if you will since i retired mm-hmm. in order to educate people i spend time on the the website quora.com where people write in with questions and then i address those questions and practically all the questions were how do i control my anger how do i deal with anxiety how? because there's still a lot of misinformation out there And we don't have much guidance. We see celebrities who say, you know, I got angry. And if I hadn't gotten angry, I wouldn't have hurt you or I wouldn't have done this or I wouldn't have done that. And the message is that somehow our emotions control us. A lot of misinformation and myths out there. And as I said, you know, what my goal is, is to try and and reach as many people as I can by doing podcasts and my blog in order to re-educate them to what their emotions are and how they can master those emotions in order to make their lives better and right. their relationships.
0: Right. It, it takes, you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. I can't do it for you. Nope. Doctor of emotions can't do it for you, but we can give you the tools of yep. learning how to do it for yourself.
1: That's exactly it. And that's the message that I hope people get.
0: Well, we can help because we need more people to understand their emotions and not blame their emotions on someone else Mm -hmm. and not control their emotions in a negative
1: way. That's it. Exactly. And you know, that's another myth, the idea that there are positive and negative emotions and that isn't true. Now, where it comes from is there are emotions that feel good. We call that the hedonic quality of the emotions that feel good, like happy. Mm -hmm. And there are emotions that don't feel good, like anger and sadness. But if you think of emotions as negative, the idea comes up that if it's negative, why should I keep it? And the idea that nobody wants a negative balance in their checkbook, nobody wants a negative evaluation at work. So we want to avoid those things that are negative. So it it kind of of, is upsetting to me when I see people label emotions as negative, because I don't want people to get rid of any emotion. I want them to see all emotions as adaptive. If I lose somebody, I mean, I, um, a while ago, a few months ago, I had a, a, a good friend of ours. Um, their father died, the son. And um, I was, was at the hospital and I heard his aunt tell him, um, don't, don't be upset. And my thought was, and I told him, I said, look, I said, you've got every reason to be upset. Your father just died. You've got every reason to be sad. You need to experience that sadness. You need to experience that grief in order for you to get through it and get healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand where the aunt was coming from. She's an older woman, and she wanted to protect this, this the son, this friend of ours. It's like a son of ours. So I can call him my son. He wanted to protect my adopted son from having to go through that. But it was the wrong message. Right, I understood it, but it was the wrong message.
0: I can remember being a teenager and be told, don't cry at a funeral.
1: Yep. Don't show your emotions
0: at a funeral. Yep. You have to be strong for this one. You can't cry. You can't mm-hmm. grieve. And don't, don't show any emotions. You're there to be supportive of their spouse. That's it. And that wasn't what was needed to be heard because, you know, we go to a funeral. It may not be our spouse. It may not be our father, but it's a loved one, Mm -hmm. regardless if it's a friend or not, you know, that we have to go through the grieving process.
1: Exactly. No, I I agree. And I, I hope that people see that. And I think things are changing now. I think now it's more acceptable for men to cry. Mm-hmm. It's still not totally acceptable, but we're getting there. Yeah. And, and, and men, while women aren't, an, aren't empowered to express anger, men are not empowered to express sadness or anxiety. So what we tend to do is we tend to use anger as a secondary emotion because anger is empowering. So mm-hmm. I may not be able to show anxiety, but I can show anger. Now, when I do that, What I do is I take away my own power as a man to experience my emotions and use my emotions in order to help me understand the situation in which I find myself and how best to deal with it. So it's a double-edged sword. Women are not empowered to express certain emotions and men aren't empowered to experience or express others. Now, again, I see that changing, Mm -hmm. but it's not changing fast enough.
0: Right. We have to work with each generation, and it's getting there. Yep. But at the same time, it's not getting there to where we need it as a community.
1: And when exactly. I say a
0: community, I mean everyone, all mm-hmm. inclusive. You know, it's not just, oh, it's happening in this city. Okay, that's great for your city. What's going on with the state, the country, mm-hmm. you know, the world? We mm-hmm. have to get it completely unified where we are empowered to use our emotions. Wisely,
1: I agree, and I, you know, I also have concerns about this generation that's coming up. That that most of their interactions are online, in terms of videos and whatnot, and computer games. and And I don't know where that that generation is going in terms of emotions and what they're learning and and what kind of messages they're getting.
0: Yeah, that worries me for no end as a mother. Mm-hmm. Because you have no human connection. You spent, have children now out of school for two years, basically. Yep. You know, learning online. So they are completely isolated. Mm-hmm. So they're teachers online. They have mm-hmm. no human connection. And the more and more we get away from the human connection, the more we get away from our emotions.
1: That's true. And, and I get concerned when I read about, about kids who are acting out. Um, because they're at doing at home learning, and the parents aren't quite understanding what that acting out means, what the emotions they're seeing mean. So the kid is angry. Well, what's the threat? What's the threat that the kid sees? Mm-hmm. Is it the threat that he can't be with his friends? That's possible, and that needs to be acknowledged. Is the threat that he, he or she feels they're falling behind, which is also true. Mm-hmm. because the, the studies are all saying that these kids are falling behind in terms of learning. So as a parent, I would want the parent to say, "Okay, let's acknowledge and validate what your kids are feeling and let's see how we can work around that. What can we do? Can we get some extra help? Can we get you in in touch with some of your friends once they've been vaccinated or whatever needs to be done? But to acknowledge the emotions that these kids are feeling because they're real and they need to be validated. So when you validate the emotions, you validate the kid. Great. And
0: the kids need to be validated. They cannot be yes. just locked away in a, in a room for 18 hours a day and told yep, yep. they have no concept of emotion and their emotions don't matter. That messes a child up. Trust me.
1: No, it does. But if you're a parent and if you're not enlightened or educated the way you are mm-hmm. and you see these emotions in your kids and you don't know, you know what the emotion is, but you don't know what it means you're going to feel frustrated because you don't know how to help your kid deal with it because you don't know how to deal with it. Right. So it, it all kind of, it all fits together.
0: It is it's a, a never ending circle that we're seeing little splinters split off on it. Mm-hmm. So we finding ways to get off the circle, but at the same time we need to break it completely.
1: Yes, that's exactly correct. <laughs> And I, I, he- I heard you on, on one of your podcasts that you have a kid on the aut- autism spectrum. Yes. It it's, even more, it's even more difficult for you to explain to your child what your child is experiencing and going through.
0: It is, especially when she was little. I mean, mm-hmm. for an autistic child between the age of four and 10, those were the hardest years for me because she couldn't tell me what she's feeling. She's mm-hmm. just acting out. Well, I don't understand why she's acting out because she can't articulate what's going on for mommy to fix it.
1: The good news is, by the way, that the profession of psychology and psychiatry has come a long way. I first became interested in psychology when I was at a camp for exceptional children way back in the stone age. And I was I was working with autistic kids. And back then, the professionals were blaming the mothers as schizophrenogenic mothers. They were blaming the mothers because they didn't understand what autism was. We have come a long, long way in terms of our understanding. So in your case, I'm glad that you're having to, not that you have to deal with it at all, but that you can deal with it now with so much more information is available than was back then. It was primitive back then.
0: Oh, just in the last 10 years, I've seen a lot of growth within the psychology network, within mm-hmm. the autism network, with more research sources that are out there to help explain how to deal with certain things. Yep. Because it's not just, oh, I'm mad or upset. It's, you know, you have a sense of touch that's hypersensitive, tense, uh, sound sensitivity, light sensitivity, things that we normally don't deal with that our children do deal with. Mm -hmm. So it could be just a, they're mad because it's too bright. And I can't say this light's too bright because that's the normal setting for us, but it's too bright for them.
1: That's true. And see, and what you've just done is you've said, I need to understand it from their perspective. And that's what I'm trying to get across to everybody about their emotions. When I'm dealing with another person I need to understand what they're feeling and expressing and perceiving from their point of view as communicated to me by the emotions that they're expressing. Same idea, Mm -hmm. different context.
0: Yes, but we are almost out of time. So once again, where can our listeners and our viewers find you?
1: Okay. They can find me at theemotionsdoctor.com. That's my blog. That's T-H-E E-M-O-T-I-O-N-S-D-O-C T-O-R dot com. My email is the emotions doctor at Gmail.
0: Nice and that's and the best way to reach me. It, it's nice and simple because it's all together. It's all, you know, what we're discussing today is exactly. all about your emotions. If yep. You look what's go with this for the listeners, is about your emotions. And is it a doctor that you can reach out to?
1: Exactly. And I'm on LinkedIn and I'm also on Amazon.
0: So thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a fun discussion.
0: It really has. And for all of our viewers and our listeners, happy reading.